What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Ultimate Breakdown. I got James and Hugh joining me again here today, and uh, we got a lot of good stuff happening today. We talk about those two games, and uh, let's start off with the uh, Packers and the Buccaneers game. So the Packers, essentially, uh, you know, they had the opportunity to come back, obviously. There's a lot of talk about that call, um, but, you know, in my mind, I think the Packers sort of, and there's obviously a lot of talk about the decision to not go for it and kick the field goal. Um, and I think when you have Aaron Rodgers, go for it, sure. But I think the Packers really had the opportunity to get back in that game, and and I think they sort of blew it for themselves. I think the refs were going to play all game. And I may not agree with the penalty completely because while it did look like a penalty, like I mentioned, the refs were letting play all game. But nonetheless, uh, I think the Packers sort of, um, I don't want to say blew, blow this game, but I think they did blow this game. And at the same time, you also have Tom Brady on the other end of it. Um, but James, what was your reaction to this game? For me, um, it was just one team came out explosive, ready to go. The other team took them a very slow start. Uh, also, just being able to protect, and I said this last week, just being able to protect who's going to be able to protect their quarterback, keep them um, not being flustered, which defense is going to be able to make an impact on that. And it showed a lot, especially in the first half. Um, and that's kind of how T Tampa Bay was able to get that lead and um, just kind of keep – the Packers at bay. This was Aaron Rodgers' game to win, especially toward the end. He had it because Tom had a very, very poor second half, and I'm pretty sure we'll elaborate on that a lot more, but had a very poor second half. And um, so wasn't shocked from the outcome. I did say that the Buccaneers are going to win this game, but I uh, just would have liked to have seen a lot more out of the Packers, especially I believe this will probably be the last chance right now that uh, Aaron Rodgers will have to go for them to take them this far, far in the, the playoffs. What about you, Hugh? Yeah, no doubt. I think you said it best. Uh, you know, obviously in those games, uh, coaching decisions that are made makes a huge difference, uh, and those things stood out. But at the same time, you saw a team uh, that had a week off that took a little while to get going. You saw a, a Bucks team that was confident because of their quarterback. I think I said last week, I didn't think the weather, I don't care how cold it was, was going to make a difference, and it didn't. And so it just showed you that, hey, look, if you come prepared, you have a great game plan, you execute the plan, anything can happen. And that's exactly what happened. You just look at Tom Brady. He played at a high level, as you mentioned, in the first half. He struggled in the second half and um, gave, you know, truly gave, the Packers an opportunity to get back with those interceptions. But at the same time, he did just enough, as Tom will do, to win the game. And so that's why they won. So uh, there's a lot of question marks about Aaron Rodgers' future, even said after the game. Uh, every A lot of people's futures are uncertain here, including mine. Uh, it, you know, in my opinion, I don't necessarily know what he's going to do. But I don't really – a lot of, I, I was thinking about this yesterday – there's the options that he has, right? Because he's not a young quarterback. The options that he has to go to these teams where he would not have to go to a rebuild. A lot of those teams, uh, someone like the Colts, for example, who have a lot of the pieces, they just need a quarterback. If you were to leave Green Bay, uh, they're in the AFC, which while that may not necessarily, uh, why it's not that he can't compete with them, but the AFC, as, as I think we all know, 
is an extremely tough division or tough conference right now with a bunch of great young quarterbacks and a bunch of new coaches. Even Irv Myers coming in the mix here. You get Trevor Lawrence in the AFC this year. So there's a bunch of young quarterbacks that will be coming in. And the way I see it, I don't really see a whole lot of better options for him out there than Green Bay. And I don't see him wanting to leave because I think he knows his best for him, his best uh, opportunity to win another Super Bowl is in Green Bay uh, within the next few years. Um, but do you guys see, I'll start off with you here, do you see Aaron Rodgers staying or leaving Green well, Bay? Well, I think uh, people are making more of the conversation and what it was. He has three years left on his contract. What you heard was a frustrated quarterback after a game who wanted to win a game. You know, I, I think uh, people are making more of the conversation than what it was. Um, he knows he's going to be tied to, to Green Bay. Nobody's going give to give away a great player. Um, and I think people need to understand the Packers are in a position to where they have to be prepared for whatever Aaron Rodgers did. Now, I wouldn't have drafted the quarterback where they drafted him at this past year. But at the same time, their, their, their responsibility is to their organization and the future. And he is getting old, as you mentioned. So I just think maybe you felt from him the lack of maybe uh, them giving him more tools, because I'm sure he felt, man, if I had one more guy, maybe I could have won this game. You know, uh, but he that had nothing to do with the offensive line that was hurt, beat up, battered and bruised. Uh, that took a lot out of the uh, offensive cells. So I think he'll be OK. I just think he needs to get away from football. And that's what happens sometimes when you stick a mic in front of a player or a coach after a very emotional loss. You're going to hear things that maybe you don't want to hear and you're going to grab on to things that that are hot takes. And so that's what we're doing right now, in my opinion. How did you see that, James? For me, it's the fact of if you actually think about how Aaron Rodgers, his football career has been the past five years, it's been very ups and downs. You know, he had that collarbone injury that he got against the Vikings. Um, a couple of years ago, had a pretty good season, but had no defense. Um, this year, you know, pretty good season. Just It just fell short. Um, Hugh brought it up. They, they drafted a quarterback, um, you know, kind of looking like they were trying to replace him. So, his last five years, uh, coaching staff changed. It's kind of been up and down with the Packers. And just I felt like that frustration is what led to that comment is just because he wants to be back on the top of the mountain. And he knows he can. He knows he's the type of quarterback. And it's kind of a call to arms to the organization, the uh, general manager kind of call to arms like, hey, you know, uncertainty more so in faith in them to be able to get them the pieces that he needs to be able to complete his journey and win another Super Bowl. Um, I, and that's just kind of how I see it. And if you just look at everything and they're, they're, it's like, they're doing the, the right things, but he's just like, you know, give me everything I need because I mean, I'll be frustrated. You know, Tom Brady's came over here one year, they gave, gave him the pieces. They put the, the, the weapons around him and boom, he's back in the Super Bowl. He's watching young kids in the AFC tear it up. And they're getting them young, vibrant players, receivers, good defenses, and tearing up. So, yeah, and so I would kind of have that frustration also. But he was right. We're piping it up. We're ramping it up. We're just trying to make a storyline out of it because you got to think about it. This is Aaron Rodgers talking about the Packers. They realize that you, you don't get great quarterbacks like this very so often. And after this season, I really wouldn't put an age on quarterbacks because Phillip Rivers led the Colts to the playoffs. You see what Tom Brady's doing. Aaron Rodgers is doing it. Drew Brees, yeah, you know, he he still led them to the playoffs. And so right now I would 
age really doesn't. It's just can you lead a team? Can you game manage the game? And can you how efficient are you at quarterback? The young ones are great. They're doing great and good, but the veterans are veterans for a reason. So. And uh, so you mentioned the great young quarterbacks in the AFC. We got to see two of the best in Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Uh, so they played. Obviously, the Chiefs won that game. Uh, and you know, for me, I think there were a lot of frustrations at the end, obviously with the Bills, and understandably so. Um, but for me, it just shows that the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL still. And even though I, I fully admit I was completely wrong about the Buccaneers, they're one of the best teams in the NFL, I still don't think they're going to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are uh, – they're sort of a different kind of team to take on. And and with that's with all due respect to the Packers and all the other teams that the Buccaneers have faced. And I watched the Buccaneers. And I now this was uh, given uh, earlier in the season, but I watched the Buccaneers face the Chiefs. And even though the final score ended up close – that game was dominated by the Chiefs. And I don't think it's going to necessarily be like that in the Super Bowl, but I don't think that the Buccaneers are going to have what it takes to beat Kansas City. And to me, it's kind of a, it's sort of a, a storybook ending because you get Tom Brady, who can essentially, you know, obviously we're, we're getting far in the future here, but who can essentially sort of ice his rings, right? Like without Patrick Holmes catching him or without Patrick Holmes passing him in rings and not necessarily that that's all they care about, but it's just sort of uh, amazing that we get to see Tom Brady, the greatest of all time versus Patrick Holmes, who could eventually be the greatest of, you know, this era and maybe potentially pass him, but obviously that's getting far in the future, but it's just sort of a storybook ending to this season. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs played great against the Bills, and it just showed you they fall down 9 nothing, no panic, nobody was really tense or nervous, and they just came back like, like it was not even a hard struggle for them. And it was just really impressive for me, just so explosive, uh, no lead is safe with them. So uh, I'll start off with you, Hugh. How impressive was that win for the Chiefs? I think it was extremely impressive uh, this past week, you know, Patrick Mahomes coming off the injury, which, you know, wasn't a concussion as we talked about. Uh, he was able to practice, be out there uh, every day. So I knew it was going to turn into that. I knew that uh, they would go play extremely well. Um, Buffalo is an up and coming team. They need to keep their core together. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs is just a different animal, as you mentioned. I, I'm concerned uh, that they left their left, lost their left tackle. I'm concerned uh, Schwartz may not play a right tackle because I think that's the struggle. And when I think of Tampa Bay's front, you know, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, he can dominate a game as we saw in the early going of the Packers game. So um, I think it's going to be a great game. I do agree with you um, that it's going to be maybe not the blowout that people's anticipating, but I do think Kansas City will win the game. Now, as far as Patrick Mahomes is concerned, I think this is going to be the passing of the guard, the passing of the guard from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes. This young man, and he's 25 years old, and he's going to have a chance that un, un, under his belt is to have two Super Bowls and an MVP of the league. And he might be the only guy that could go catch Tom Brady's six rings. And so it's going to be interesting to see, um, but it's that's what makes sports so great, just watching these uh, potential uh, potential young players ascend uh, and become great players. But I think Kansas City will definitely win the game. Uh, what was your reaction to this, James, and uh, who are you picking in the Super Bowl? Well, for me, it was, uh, I mean, of course, being down 9 nothing. just their composure and just watching them throughout the season and realizing that they stay composed. Even when they lost uh, Patrick Mahomes against the Browns, 
stay composed. You know, they didn't, um, they didn't like mess up and lose the game. Defense played stout um, and they were stingy. And so even they were able to shut down this, that Bills high potent offense. I had a lot of faith in Diggs and uh, Josh Allen and, and uh, Singletary. I had a lot of faith in, um, in their offense just because I just liked the way they played. And I thought they, they could, you know, expose some of the holes in the Chiefs defense. But for right now, I barely see any. You know, Chris Jones up there on the front, you know, Tyron um, Matthew being able to just be a ball hawking uh, safety. So it's just – it's hard to see any holes even in their defense because we already know how great the offense is. Uh, I think this will be a great game. The way I kind of watch football is a little differently. I kind of – I like to see tendencies kind of like how I would always rag about how Derrick Henry would have 200 yards and then the next game he would have 70. And you could tell how if he wasn't getting going, then the Tennessee's offense was very – slow and sluggish and kind of it showed throughout the playoffs and through every through the last game to the season so for me watching the Buccaneers play watching the game I watched it twice and the, the, all their drives they had a lot of third down conversions that they had to get and granted most teams will, I mean most people will look at that and be like well you know you're moving the ball but for me when you're playing against the Chiefs I realized that Tom Brady is going to have to convert on those second downs is because you lessen the chance that you've been able to be productive if you keep putting your team in third down chances, especially against a good defense. And if you look at all their drives, they had a lot of 37, 32, 38. And you put yourself out there like that and not being able to, because the Chiefs don't really do that. The Chiefs, yeah, I mean, they convert like third, 13, but if you watch a lot of their drives, first and second down, they just keep moving the ball and they lessen the chance of them to be three and out. And so if the, the Buccaneers, the chance I feel like they would have on offense, Hugh already exposed the fact that the, the Chiefs offensive line is, is um, kind of you know going to be limping out there but for me it's can the Buccaneers have drives a keep Patrick off the bill of the field but can they make it you know and and Hugh being a great offensive coordinator he'll tell you this you want second and four second and three can they make it to where it's good situational football for them to where they not have to make so touch decision having to convert all these thirds down because I saw that a lot against the Packers and then also another thing too Tom Brady been able to take care of the ball. Maybe he was just throwing it up, you know, because he didn't want to get sacked because I saw that a lot. But can he protect the ball also? Because you just don't want to give the Chiefs the ball with momentum, with good field position, because they can obviously score with 99 yards. So you just don't want to give them the ball and give them any chances. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, uh, Hugh being an offensive coordinator. So, Hugh, uh, congratulations on being interviewed uh, for the offense coordinator position of the Steelers. And uh, I just want to ask you, what is this sort of uh, – like, what does it feel like to finally sort of – I mean, you you knew all along. I remember interviewing back in July. You said, I'm going to get back into coaching. And uh, what what is it like to you for, to get back into coaching again or be interviewed again? Well, being interviewed is great, but you want to get the job, and I didn't. So <laughs> that's what matters the most. Uh, it's a process. Uh, you go through it. There's still some more opportunities that are out there. But being interviewed, is, it's 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 fun. I mean, especially when you're in it and um, you know the things that people are looking for. But at the same time, it's got to be the right fit for you. Uh, and so there might be several more of those uh, here in the next uh, couple of weeks. But at the same time, you know, the goal is to find an opportunity that's going to give you a chance to showcase your talent and ability. Um, uh, the interviews now are so so much different than what they used to be because they're over Zoom, you know, with COVID restrictions, it's so hard to 
get into facilities to meet face to face with people. So I get that. But at the same time, you got to do what you got to do. You know, uh, this is an unprecedented time. So it calls for unprecedented things for people to do. And so it was great. Mike Tomlin was great. Uh, but at the same time, he did what he thought it was best for his organization. And that's understandable. So my my question is, because when, you know, when we we're getting ready for pro day and when you're trying to um, talk to scouts or talk to coaches and then a lot of people watch have watched, you know, John Gruden when he was on ESPN, you know, in the quarterback camp thing um, segments, you know, as mm -hmm. a player, they would, you know, see if you could break down. They would obviously know what you do on tape, but they want to see if you could break down different, you know, the line and see if a G of a shade and see gap schemes and be able to, you know, want to see it. But my question is, what is the interview process of a coach? You know, do they go over what, like, oh, well, offensive coordinator, we'll just go, go with that. But do they go over like your scheme? Like what, like what's your plan, your scheme? How do you fit for them? Like, how do you, like, cause like, I mean, everybody has like regular interviews, but how do you get interviewed to be a coordinator? Like what's, what kind of, I'm not questioning, but what, like, what's the vibe like? What is it like? Well, it's really deep diving, like you said. I mean, because uh, people are interested in talking to you because they know you have a skill set that maybe fits them. And then you start digging into, when I, when I, you know, think about it, you think about, okay, is this coach going to come in and revamp the whole system? Or can this coach come in and learn what we've done and keep the rest of the room running? Uh, some people are flexible. Some people are not. People want to know how you delegate to your coaches. I mean, is a coordinator the guy who's going to do it all? Or is he going to ask his coaches and really delegate things to him? People want to know how you're going to meet. You know, what? how are you going to break that down so you really take a deep dive into everything off the field, first and foremost, from who's on the staff with you, what do you need, how, what do I need to make sure you have to be successful to what type of players you need to be successful to, like we just said, in offensive terminology, uh, to practice. I mean, everybody needs different things in order to show, showcase their talent and ability. So those uh, conversations are always very deep diving that way. Yeah, a lot of people, um, they kind of are starting to notice, you know, when they talk about like the Andy Reid coaching tree, all these coaching trees. I started to notice when um, I looked at Dan Mullen and I was sometimes he would talk to some of his coordinators in a different way that I can't speak about. But um, and I was like, how do you how do you, they talk so informal? I mean, they're just working together. Right. And you realize that, like, I remember uh, Coach Salick, who coached tight ends. He was um, roommates with Dan Mullen when they were in uh, at college. And then when Dan Mullen was, um, I think, at uh, Boston College, um, he met J uh, JC, John Clark, who was over like our player personnel. And then you coach Knox and him coached it. And so I would look, uh, the, I would look up and realize that these coaches have been together. And when some of these coaches go different places, they take, you know, their coordinators with them. So you could see that these coaches. So it's just interesting to me that when like you, like you and Mike Tomlin, I don't know if y'all have worked together or went to, you know, but when they interview, you guys are like, like, I guess you really do have to kind of, it's like a marriage. You have to see if you guys fit because your right. ideals have to fit and different things. So it's interesting, especially when you're the new guy coming into a, a group because some of these coaches take their coaches with them. Right. You, 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 making sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's the biggest thing when you're hiring coaches from outside of your uh, system per se, or outside that you never work with, you really have to do even more homework. You know, because you have to understand, can this guy 
change? Can he do the things that I need when I'm sitting in that head chair? You have to really evaluate it all and make sure it's the right fit. Because if not, you're just putting that coach in a position where he can't be successful, which ultimately would lead to the organization not being successful. Okay. And my final question is because I was watching some of the talk shows and they were talking about, you know, some of these coaches getting these coaching jobs and these and Shannon Sharp is especially said that, you know, the coaches never called a play, but they get a coaching job. Why is it so important for coaches to have called actual plays rather than just be a quality and as coach or something who just kind of just held a clipboard? Why is it important for a coach to actually have called plays and different things? And why do players or why do like actual players get upset when a coach has been named head coach but have never called a play uh can you elaborate on that oh absolutely and it's normally because when you're the ceo of an organization as the head coach you have to have some knowledge of the quarterback because if things go bad who's going to fix it and i think that's where all this stems from the most important player on the team is normally the quarterback and so if I'm a defensive coach, I got to make sure that I surround myself with the best offensive coaches I can find because that's not my specialty. I, I don't know the position. I don't, I wasn't trained that way. So I have to go find those right guys. When I'm an offensive coach, there's even more of an expectation because they expect you to have a background to fix the one position that needs to be fixed. And that's the quarterback. Because normally that's the team didn't play well. They got to draft a quarterback. They got to train a quarterback and raise a quarterback into the National Football League. So if you haven't called plays, if you haven't had that experience, in my opinion, in the National Football League, it's hard to know the answers. Now, are there some outliers, guys who have never done it that can become those guys and do well? Yeah, but I guarantee if you look around them, you better see who's surrounding them because they got some really good coaches surrounding them so I do get it I know why people feel that way um, le leading men is one thing but getting guys to play at a high level and understanding what they need to do from a technical standpoint fundamental standpoint to play at a high level is also very important so you talked about a uh, leading man and then if you just said how to uh, get them to be productive and have big seasons so I, you've coached a lot of players and not saying anything bad about them, but you've got them that have really productive seasons. And these players have big personalities. You know, Shadow Single comes to mind. Even uh, Baker Mayfield comes to mind. Rookie year explode turned into a superstar. So how much do you think uh, that helps you in these interview processes, them knowing that you, that you were able to develop these players and not just develop them uh, emotionally, but develop them on the field? I think that's the meat and potatoes of it because that's that's your resume the fact that you coach guys and taking them to a higher level and that they played at a high level through their career that that is what people look to they look for that and say wow this guy has been productive with these types of players boy i need to get him to come do that for us that's how your reputation starts that's how you get noticed is what you do with those other players and so it's so important uh, to have those things happen. I mean, like we said, just look at the Chargers defensive coordinator one year, the, the defense played better after Wade Phillips. And now this guy gets uh, the San Diego Chargers job. I mean, yeah. that's what it, that's what it is. All right. Well, uh, Hugh, congratulations. Uh, we are definitely rooting for you. Uh, we are sure you'll get a job. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening.